1: about to go this is the buffalo nerd sports podcast where we talk history of the game numbers and stats and each week we highlight a charity that's doing good if you haven't subscribed yet then you should because i'm sick this is uh, the real deal and you know i gotta shout out the buffalo Bills. turn it up to the max sit back and relax this is the buffalo nerd sports podcast let's go
0: Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network and being served up live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping locally and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. If this is your first time catching the show, thanks for being here. If you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. You can see I'm joined this week by my man, Ryan Thomas. He's going to hang out with me a few times this month as we are going to talk camp. We're going to break down the roster. We're going to have a lot of fun just chatting Bills football. How are
1: you, sir? I am doing fantastic, Colt. It's a pleasure being back on the Buffalo Nerd Sports podcast. I am pumped up doing large part to the fact that not only did you invite me, but man, that intro, that's that's a fire intro, as the kids say these days, and I am ready, rearing, revved to go.
0: Absolutely. Well, we got to be hopped up and we got to be raring to go because obviously we're going to be firing on Thursday nights right before kickoffs. And we're going to catch a little bit of the game uh, each and every week on the show as we do it moving forward with the season as it progresses. Obviously, tonight there's football. It's kicking off. The NFL is here. The Shield is back. The Buffalo Bills are in full swing, right? So we're going to start breaking down the roster tonight. We're going to hit the QBs. We're going to talk O line and then we're going to hit the special teams. But before we do that, uh, each and every week, we do like to shout out a charity or, you know, a cool organization, somebody that's doing good in their neighborhood. Uh, so this week, I'm going to shout out uh, primetime585.org. A Very cool organization. They're doing a lot of work with just getting the youth, uh, you know, kind of in situations that they're not used to being in and understanding that it's okay to be there. So they connect them with like, they do a lot of events with like police officers and all these other things where they just get them around, you know, people that you're normally kind of a little uncomfortable with, you know, the, the police aren't everybody's friend all the time. Right. So they do a lot of cool events to get young youth athletes In better positions to build their self-esteem do all that kind of stuff so a very cool organization you guys can check them out over at primetime585.org so we got some of the usual characters in the house Daniel's here I see Richard's here yep and Jason's breaking the news there is a rain delay on the season right oh boy oh boy uh Ryan how you feeling about the season kicking off
1: I'm feeling great. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is special. Canton, Ohio is a very special place. Pro Football Hall of Fame is obviously hallowed ground due to those buses that apparently they do talk to the talk to each other. That's what that's what they say. Um, right. The bus talk to one another. That'd be pretty cool if you walk through those halls. I've been there a few times, and uh, you know you see legend upon legend upon legend that paved the way for the juggernaut that is. The NFL, as it stands right now, they are so far and above each and every NFL, each and every, I should say, professional league. The NFL is king, as I like to say. So it's good to get it started. It's the Jaguars. It's the Raiders. We're not expecting many starters tonight, but it's football. We'll be watching.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I I was doing, I saw a thing earlier, like how many snaps do you think there'll be between Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence tonight? You know, and I was like nine, maybe right. Like one of them might get like six plays. One might get like three, something like that. But either way, the football season is in full swing now with the official kickoff of this game. Right. So let's talk camp. I mean, camp's been all over the place. Uh, We've seen some ups and downs so far. Some guys are out already, Um, but the Miami dolphins just got smacked for their stupidity let's touch on that briefly. Right. Um, Because those morons, they've been talking smack all off season about how they're going to destroy us. And we're not going to win and they're going to win the division. And we're going to be like third in the division, this, that, and the other, they get smacked on the wrist. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, I understand what it's like to be a fan of a team that, you know, you you convince yourself that the expectations should be higher than reality. What is the <laughs> expectation? What is the reality? The expectation to Dolphins fans, it seems like they believe that this team is going to be a perennial Super Bowl contender. And I take my Bills hat off and just look at this X's and O's wise, football wise, take my Bills fandom out of it. One wide receiver trade does not make you. A Super Bowl contender. It's all about the quarterback. It's a quarterback driven league. Um, We know as Bills fans, right? The Buffalo Bills a few years back, they went out, they got Sammy Watkins, they traded up for him, thinking that that would somehow make E.J. Manuel better. And yet, Sammy Watkins barely—it seemed like Sammy Watkins barely played with E.J. Emanuel there at there soon after. So, you know, AJ e. Manuel barely played. Right, right. <laughs> um, so Tyree Kill is one of those guys that he's a polarizing player. I think what Miami gave up for him was a, a king's ransom for a wide receiver that his game is predicated on his speed, and he's only getting older. He's on the wrong side of his career, the wrong side of thirty, as I like to say, rather than the right side of thirty, and you got Tua who is a huge question mark and all of these you know sports podcasters around the nation as we are you know Buffalo Bills sports podcasters you see the Dolphins, the Finnsiders, all the other shows that they have that cover the team. And these guys believe that the Dolphins are going to finish first in the division, win the AFC East, and that the Buffalo Bills will finish third. I, I think a sucker's born every day. And apparently there's a lot of suckers that are Miami <laughs> Dolphins fans, unfortunately. Um, the fact that they believe with Tua that they will go to the playoffs and and be a Super Bowl contender, as well as with first year head coach, Mike McDaniel, who I think he's a, a good offensive mind, but it never goes that way. You never have a new head coach in his first season come in and wreck shop. It, it never happens. It hasn't happened for Belichick. It didn't happen for Parcells. Usually the first year that a, that a new head coach is on the team, it, there's some growing pains. And I think there's going mm. to be some growing yeah. pains for Miami, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, to me, and this Tua and Hill thing there, Hill is not going to get along with him for very long and, and that's just what's going to happen here, right? There's going to be so many times that Hill's going to be open and Tua can't do it and Hill is just not going to have it, right? It's how it's going to break down, but more important. Now let's take it back. Cause we kind of hit on this already a little bit, but there's been some injuries already. So I touch every week on the, the whole, the Poyer situation, hashtag Poyer watch uh, because we got to get this figured out, right? Is he going to have a deal? Is he not going to have a deal? And now he's hurt. Right. So for me, I'm I'm, this a little twofold. I think it's probably good for him in some regard um, that he's not going to be exposed any further for the next few weeks to get him to the season. Right. On the flip side of that, does this hurt his ability to get paid right now?
1: I would say so. And I think his ability to get paid was already a little bit, um, dare I say, challenging. Um, And I talked about that in the last time I was on your show, and we talked about that on my podcast, too, just in terms of the fact that he just had a new deal recently. You have his counterpart, his his Batman to his Robin, in my opinion. Um, Mike who decided to ultimately shift some of his money around so that the Buffalo bills could go out and sign a guy like Von Miller. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are the storylines that kind of get buried when the bills bring in a player like that is, well, how did it happen? And players like Micah Hyde took the pay cut so that the Buffalo bills could go out and get a Von Miller. Um, But I think Jordan Poyer knows just as well as anyone that the best chance for him to succeed, the best chance for him to succeed as an individual player as well, well as compete potentially for a Super Bowl is in Buffalo and that Mm -hmm. contract talk somewhat died down. Uh, I didn't really hear as much of it once training camp began and that he has a quote unquote hyperextended elbow that'll put him out for the next few weeks, at least from training camp. And they might actually hold him out uh, from training camp, being that he's just such an important member of the team. I would To be honest with you, Cole, if I were calling the shots, which I'm not, but I would put Poyer on ice until the season starts. He's too vital a player to re injure something or potentially injure something else um, heading into the season. And You know, you asked me a really awesome question uh, last night when I was on my podcast in terms of the depth behind Mm Poyer and Hyde. and, And is that a concern? It's a massive concern for me. And so much so that when I put a mock draft together, you know, this past March prior to the 2022 NFL draft, I would hope that they would take a corner in the first round and potentially a safety in the second round. I'm not hating on the James Cook pick at all. Twenty-eight looks really good in training camp as well. Um, but I definitely think that if Poyer and Hyde become banged up throughout the season, um, that could pose a problem for this Bills team based on who's playing behind them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I that's why I, so I brought it up right last night on your spot was because that's that to me that's that's it's as interesting, right? It's gonna it's gonna really change a lot of things of, if they happen to go down. You know, there's not a lot of chatter about Hyde. You know, he's just not back yet. I can't imagine they're going to expose him very much as well. Right. You know, they're going to keep him under wraps a little bit, too. You don't you don't put your duo at risk. It's not like either of these guys came back not in shape or any of those things. Right. Like they're they're ready to go. So you don't have to worry, really worry about them in that regard. Right. So but we're going to hit on three position groups this week and each week I'm going to hit and break it down and we'll eventually touch every position group as we get into September before the season kicks off. So this week we're going to start out with QB. I think obviously there's not much chatter about the competition for QB one. I think we've chosen, you know, who will be QB one. Right. But last year we had Mitch Trubisky, right? Yeah. The man behind you. Right. So last year we had Trubisky. Right. And to me, I felt more comfortable that if he would, if if Josh happened to go down, that we wouldn't have to change the offense that much because Mitch couldn't make all the throws, right? But he's got the ability to kind of run. He could do a lot of the stuff. So now we don't have that anymore. We have kind of two guys now that are older and they're not really going to be mobile, right? So who do you think it's going to be for one? Who's your number two? And, you know, how do you feel about that?
1: I think that the quarterback room they have now is one that you know, their roles. I think the players know their roles heading in and what the expectation is for them in terms of how those players will prepare behind Allen. Um, I love the fact that they brought back Matt Barkley. I I think Matt Barkley is a guy to have in that locker room. And obviously he's somebody that Josh Allen really respects and the respect is very mutual Um, following both on social media as these guys have, You know, they they, they work the hardest job, I think, in terms of preparing their body for the rip season when they do have the quote unquote off season in football. These guys are enjoying their time together. Josh Allen, his his girlfriend and Matt Barkley's wife. They're always hanging out. They're always going on wine tours and stuff like that. And that's the stuff that I actually like to see in terms of a close knit team. Players that actually hang out outside of the game goes to show you how close that relationship is between the two of them. Getting back to Allen's uh, rookie season. Mm -hmm. But Matt Barkley to me is the number three and and case Keenum is easily the number two. And I was actually very happy um, that they were able to bring in Case Keenum, doing large part to the gift that was Mitch Trubisky signing him on a one year deal and knowing the expectation that Mitch Trubisky would find his way as a quarterback one in free agency, whether he went to Pittsburgh, he could have went he could have went to a lot of different teams to be to be honest with you. Um, But he found himself in Pittsburgh and Case Keenum's a quarterback that I crunched some numbers on Keenum throughout his career and the career of case Keenum is actually pretty unprecedented an undrafted free agent signed by the Texans played in an, and started at one point for every single team that he's played for he started a stretch of games much like a former beloved quarterback of the Buffalo Bills Ryan Fitzpatrick um obviously Keenum hasn't played in the NFL nearly as long as Fitzpatrick will eventually, did play in the NFL for, but who's to say he can't, I mean, who's to say he's not going to be Josh Allen's backup the next, you know, three, four, five years. That's a really good scenario. Best case scenario. I think uh, for their team, 2017, he threw for th- 3,547 pass yards. He had 22 mm. TDs and seven picks. He was responsible for the pass That was the Minneapolis miracle to Stefan Diggs. Diggs, yeah. So if Josh Allen, God forbid, heaven forbid, I don't even want to say finish the sentence, but you know what I'm about to say. Something happened. Case Keenum comes in as the starter, and I think you have a really cool advantage in the sense that the quarterback – that you would have as a backup has played meaningful snaps with your best offensive playmaker. That's huge. That's a feather in the cap of, of this offense. Ken Dorsey, I think would, would uh, be very thankful for that as well. Last season, as recent as last season with case Keenum as Baker Mayfield's backup, he went 2-0 and and he played and played very well in two games uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So if you have like this little window where Josh Allen is out for a week or two, I feel more than confident about Case Keenum coming in and, and uh, holding down the fort for the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in the same uh, place as you are as far as who should be the two. Um, I think for me with Keenum, I, I do I do like the football IQ piece of him, right? I think that he would be able to make the plays. He'd be able to make the decisions. Obviously, some things would have to change, right? We, we wouldn't be running with a QB or any of those things anymore, right? But I do like that he has played in games that were where he's had success. You know, he had that team went to the playoffs and it was in large part because of him a few years back. So I think he can do it, but it's mostly going to depend on the offensive line for me. Right. You're going to have to have an offensive line that's completely different at that point in time to be able to protect a guy that can't move around compared to a guy that can absolutely go wherever he wants to. Right. So I think we're going to have that kind of piece of the action, but I agree with you hundred percent. There's not very much conversation here. I think that especially now that you can stash a veteran player on the practice squad, I mean, they can keep Barkley over there and just keep him around if, you know, something happens. Cause I don't anticipate we're running three out every week. We've never really have. I don't see that we will again, you know, um, this season. But speaking of that, protecting this, this offensive line group is, it's interesting. I think we've, we made some really nice changes this off season. I'm um, starting with the new offensive line coach. Um, I always have been a fan of Cromer. I think that he, he does a very nice job. He's done it everywhere as he's been, um, you know, but this offensive line to me has more of a, a little bit of a run edge feel to them, or that's the, what I think we were going for. Where do you, where do you stand with the offensive
1: line? I think that they have some legitimate continuity that they've desperately needed over the last, I'd say, previous five to 10 years, the the drought years. You saw the offensive line change on a weekly basis. I think at one point, one season with Eric Wood on the team as their center, he played guard, he played center, then he went to right guard, then he moved back to center. It was just a podge group where this group legitimately You can say Deion Dawkins left tackle. You can say Roger Saffold outside of Von Miller. I think Roger Saffold is the best free agent addition that they added to this roster. Uh, God willing, he stays healthy. I know he had a car accident, and I hope he recovers from that um, soon because he's such a crucial piece to what I think Ken Dorsey and what Sean McDermott wants to accomplish with this offense and having more of a run dimension style to this offense. And you go back to previous offensive lines that they had. Richie Incognito is the last guard that the Buffalo Bills have had that could pull and create pull and create running lanes for the running backs. And LaShawn McCoy talked about it on plenty of podcasts and talked about it to the media while he was with the Buffalo Bills, how crucial it was to have a a left guard as athletic as Richie incognito Roger Saffold. These last four or five years, you can go to pro football focus. You can go to any, you know, analytic site that you want. Just look at the tape. Roger Saffold is a mammoth of a human being. He is a big man and he can throw around a body, um, any weight, any weight he can line up against anybody he's a heavyweight guard to say the least and um, i'm excited for him mitch morse who has been their center for these last few seasons i think he's rock steady i think roger mm-hmm. saffold will actually make mitch morse better to where they've had to somewhat over rely on mitch morse to not having the guards that they that they should have um as well you know we didn't add Possibly one starter formerly from the Titans, but potentially two with yeah. a name that I don't want to botch. I believe it Yeah, Barry. Yeah, that's how he says it. I think I'm saying that right. So they could have two big guards, two mammoth at the position. And then at right tackle, I think Spencer Brown is is the guy. Um, I, I think he earned the right to be the guy. I know Ryan Bates played uh, guard pretty well for Buffalo last season. He's somebody that can swing in swing, whether it's left or right, if there is an injury or if, you know, just for reps just to get rest to a big guy like Roger Saffold or a big guy like was um you know, and, and I think to look at that and, and break that down, who is the odd man out, out of, Those names that I just mentioned, and to me, it's Cody Ford, um, a former second round draft choice that just hasn't panned out. He might be one of the very few, if only one miss draft wise by Brandon Bean since he became the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. I can't believe I'm in that because everything Brandon Bean has done is he's got like the Midas touch. It turns to gold every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I just don't see where Cody Ford fits. Uh, I don't know if he fits as a tackle. I don't know if he fits as a guard, doesn't fit as a tackle. He has to fit as a guard. And I don't know if he's better than the guys that I just mentioned.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, this group, uh, the, the specifically the two gentlemen that were brought in from the Titans, I think that was for a reason, right? I mean, absolutely. They are, they were one of the best running games in the league for multiple seasons. Right. Um, and they come with an edge that's different than what we typically have been doing. Right. We are kind of that pass happy kind of offensive line. It almost felt like, you know, and it was built that way instead of that group that could kind of, you know, think that it could really stick it you in the ground instead of the other way of just holding up the fight. Right. In, but actually move you and then hold up the fight because we can, right. You know, like you can do both. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, let's see. Jason Taylor's got a little something here. With, what does he have to say? Sounds like Ryan doesn't think Bates will be the starting right guard. Yeah, it's good. I, I think it will probably be Bates, but I think it's going to be very interesting. The level of competition for this offensive line is definitely different this season, especially if they do decide to take a different approach and how they want to run right? There's yeah. a couple of these guys fit the run way better than the others. Like Bates, I like, if you go look at PFF, he gave up like no pressures in the 250 some odd seven snaps he was in. Right? right. So he looks good and he could do that, but he's a, he's a little thinner in some of these guys. Right. So it just depends on what you're trying to do. I do think that Bates could stick and he's absolutely going to be around because he's going to fill that role. Like if I think of Brown is not a hundred percent or Brown goes down, Bates is there, but we do have this nice beautiful option now to move around some very good offensive linemen, I think and you're Cody Ford I I just I for some reason he's going to make it like I'm not cuz cuz realistically if you if you think about this like think about how many times that Bobby Hart has made this team back, you know, like, so I feel like Cody Ford at this point, like even he's a veteran, but so they could even just try to stash him on a practice squad at this point. Right. And continue to work with him and see if somebody else takes him. But I've heard some good reports from him so far out of camp that he's, he's doing all right. Um, But yeah, this group is completely different. It's going to take more to be on this team at the offensive line than it has in the past for sure.
1: Exactly. And and that's what I would say in regards to Ryan Bates. I like Ryan Bates. I was one of the few guys, it seemed like it felt like I was banging the Ryan Bates drum to get him some starting reps over the course of last season. And he really did help change the dynamic of the offensive line. But Brandon Bean's looking at bringing in competition across the board. No, no player is safe. No matter what you did last year, um, there's no player that is safe. And I think that's just a mentality that every GM and every should have year in, year out to make the team just a little bit more competitive going from training camp to preseason to the regulars. And as you mentioned, you know, Ryan Bates can be somebody that he might be a better pass blocking guard or a run than a run blocking guard or vice versa to where it's it's situational and the fact that they do have that flexibility and I kind of alluded to it in terms of the past they did not have that flexibility on the offensive line they had very one-dimensional offensive linemen um, that just were not long-term solutions
0: yeah I mean you mentioned it would had a bounce everywhere so now they just plug somebody else in or or they move somebody else, but you're not moving your center around and having to do all this like shuffling all the time. You've got pieces that you can rotate in, you feel comfortable with. And I think, but realistically, both of us, I think are in, we're on board with Jessica that I have faith in whatever we're going to put out there right like I do think that this is going to be a very productive offensive line this season Uh, I do really have that feeling Uh, I think just with the speed that we're probably going to potentially play with uh, I think that this is a a little bit different of an edge and we also have to a little bit worry about Deion Dawkins health right so some of these guys are going to stick around that are a little more diverse and be able to kick outside and do those things just because there's some things going on there that we're going to have to monitor throughout the season right so this offensive line is going to be a huge piece of this team and how they get through camp is going to be very interesting when we get ready for September, but it's a hot group for sure. For sure. All right, let's close out with the special teams because there's not much really happening here. You know, you've got the long snapper Reed. He still holds down the fort for another season. They've not brought in any competition yet again to challenge Mr. Ferguson for his role on the (laughs) roster. So the, the long snapper is safe and that's taken over. Okay. Our kicker. I'm not worried about him. How are you? Where no. are you with bass? I I'm, I'm
1: comfortable with him. T- Tyler bass is one of the best kickers in the national football league. And that might be like a hot take to some, but there was one game where Tyler bass had a rough day at the office and it right. was against the jets And ever since you want to just go from that game moving forward, look up the statistics, look up the attempts per, you know, made field goals per attempt, the distance, one of the best kickers in the National Football League. He is automatic. So I have no doubt in my mind that Tyler Bass is at some point going to cinch himself a very large and long-term payday from the Buffalo Bills to be able to kick in the elements the way that he can and to be as consistent as, Mm -hmm. and as reliable as he's been since he was drafted. Tyler Bass is safe. Um, Really? The question is the punter position, right? What's yeah? I agree with you a
0: hundred percent. You know, Bass he's when you draft him, because you don't typically draft those positions, right? So when you draft him, the idea is that hopefully this is your guy. This is your this is your kicker in the next ten years, right? Like you just he's going to get here. He's going to love it here. He's going to stay here you're going to always keep them around. Right. And having that stability in a position like that, especially in the elements, no matter what would they do with the stadium moving forward or this, that, and the other, you still want a guy with a big leg that can kick no matter what, because there's still going to be outdoor stadiums where we travel other places, right? Like (laughs) there's still going to be that stuff around. So I have complete faith in him as well, but it all does boil down to the only real battle that's taking place. And that's the punting competition, you know, between, Another gentleman that was drafted, right? So we saw this last time when we drafted a guy. It was okay, fingers crossed, this is gonna be the guy that we're gonna keep. Uh the hackman apparently is putting up a fight and his holding that that might still give him the edge. I don't know. I'm very curious because I don't feel like you could put the punt god on the practice roster and somebody's not gonna take him.
1: I agree. Right. I agree one hundred percent.
0: So I feel like it's such a risky maneuver. But if if you need that holding capability, because that's where the points are at. Right. Like, I mean, that's where the points are at. Like if he the punter. Yeah. OK. But where, where are you on this battle? Like, what, what do you think is going to happen here?
1: It's really tough because this is a position. If you look at the last four or five years, this is a position that the Buffalo Bills have had a very tough time filling. I mean, going back to Corey Boracquez and some of the mm-hmm. other punters that they've had, um, you know, the, the punter position is one that they just can't seem to get right. And Matt Ariza was one of those punters in this draft that was listed at the top of his position draft mm-hmm. wide. So for the Buffalo Bills to get him and to seek him out and to draft him. And as you mentioned with Tyler Bass, to use a draft choice on a specialist, whether it's a punter or a kicker. Um, you're you're hoping that that guy can be your guy the thing with Matt Hack that I have a, a tough time with is his inability to punt in the wind mm. that's thing that we need a punter if you can't punt in the wind in November December in Buffalo you're in trouble and more about how he attacked the football before punting it. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his lead steps into the football. I think that's why I was just punting these, these footballs left and right in the game against new England. I believe uh, there was one against the jets too, that he was just off. And prior to coming above Buffalo, he was in Miami it means half the games he was playing in were in tropical weather for the most part. It's a completely mm-hmm. different atmosphere here as we know. And, The the punt is a is a punter that punted well everywhere he punted his footballs that were from his leg were cutting through whatever the weather elements provided. So I think the punter position should come down to who punts the ball best. And Mm -hmm. that's it. I know the holder position is extremely important. And Matt Hack is very good at that. But. We need that next dimension. If we could have a punter that can pin the opposition within the 10, within the five consistently. The battle for field position is ours every single week. And uh, I know he's putting up a fight. He has to put up a fight, frankly, because this kid is a prodigy. This kid mm. is special. And this is somebody that I've been reading about for the last, you know, three, four years. And the fact that he did have the career that he went on to have uh, at San Diego State and, you know, come to Buffalo and and be drafted as that guy. You know, I don't want to say I'm rooting for a player in a, in a position battle. I understand that these guys have jobs. They got family to provide for and all that stuff. But I am rooting for the punt God to get it done because I think he could provide the bills that last that they need in order to be a complete team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're if you're looking at it right, it's big arm quarterback big leg field goal kicker, big leg punter, right? Like I, I think you just try to do those things. And if you can be successful at it, that's what you do. So one last thing before we get ready to wrap up, there's an injury today. We chatted about it a little bit offline, you know, Stevenson went down and they're saying weeks. So who's going to return footballs for this team? Are you in the Tavon Austin camp? Do you think Isaiah McKenzie's going to, you know, fill that role as well to make him more of a lock for this team? Is he enough at wide receiver? Like where do you think it ends up real quick before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I, Well, that's an injury that definitely stinks. I I want Marcus Stevenson to be, you know, healthy, ready, willing and able. I really like him and he's a, but I feel like he got, uh, he got some Bills mafia hate, uh, with some of the returns that he had. But I think he was thrown into that role and it was kind of late in the season with the emergence of the before mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, who I think Isaiah McKenzie has now played himself into a role where he is too crucial to the team, too crucial to the offense to play that position anymore. He's a true slot receiver. I mean, I watched Josh Allen feed him consistently uh, over the course of training camp, both practices that I attended. And I also watched Isaiah McKenzie really take on just more of a a leadership role as a wideout rather than as a returner. And there is a difference within that with some of the younger guys that he's talking to, to try to get them up to speed. Um, I truthfully, the last time I was on your show, We talked about the addition of Tavon Austin. You broke that news to me. And at the time, I said to myself, is that really necessary? And as it turns out, it was super necessary to add a player like Tavon Austin, who is a jack of all trades. Army knife type player that can be a punt returner, a kick returner, as well as take reps at the wideout position if an injury presents itself or to keep somebody fresh. Um, I think that's a great addition. It seems like Tavon Austin is looking at this as his ride um, of an opportunity, not only in the NFL, but with a team that is. The betting favorite to win the Super Bowl this year, the golden opportunity for Tavon Austin to to be a part of something special, and that opportunity has somewhat eluded him with some of his stops. Um, mm-hmm. And this is it. So I think that this is a great opportunity for him, and I think he's the guy at kick returner or punt return.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of feeling that myself unless something just crazy happens. I think he's, he's going to end up being the guy in that role. And I agree with all that. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of win or go home for him. Really realistically, right. It's not, there's not many more offers out there. So, all right, well, that's going to do it for this week. I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. You got anything coming up you want to shout out?
1: Yeah, I got a lot of awesome stuff coming up, Uh, profiling my top 10 fantasy football quarterbacks, wide receivers, uh, running backs, of course, and tight ends as we're inching closer to fantasy football season. Of course, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, You can find my podcast, the Thomas Take Sports Podcast on YouTube, Facebook and all audio podcasting platforms. And as you can see, follow me on Twitter at Ryan Thomas Take Colt. I really appreciate you having me on, buddy.
0: Absolutely, dude. I enjoy having you on all the time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you guys, if you can, you head over to primetime585.org and check them out. Um, Like I mentioned, we're going to be jamming through the roster, you know, the rest of this. uh August here as we get ready to get towards football season. Uh, You'll see down in the uh, description, whether you're listening to this, watching this or whatever, uh, there's a link down there. We're going to be doing a little giveaway for uh, some uh, preseason tickets for the Colts bills for next week uh, for that first home game there. So all you got to do is click on the link, throw your name and email in there and you'll be entered in to win, you know, the tickets for uh, next week's game. So appreciate everybody for showing up, hanging out with us tonight. You know, it's going to be really exciting as we get closer and closer to this season, you know, really off for the bills and hopefully everybody stays healthy. We make it there uh, and we get to have a huge opener against the, you know, the X world champs as far as I can see it. So thanks for stopping by everybody. Appreciate you all. Go bills. Make sure you leave a review
1: and subscribe. So you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time.
0: Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do.